Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spaced Update. We're live tonight. Coming up on today's show, we're talking NASA's new administrator, SLS Hotfire test that happened the other week. And did Boca Chica Fog just take out Starship SN11? Who knows? Uh, we're reviewing Starship's flight today and everything. All that and more coming up in the show. But uh, first, I just want to say a big thank you to all our Patreon supporters out there and here at Total Space. Uh, Anthony Mann, Warhawk, Adrian, Angry Astronaut, Howard Walker... Samuel Scuro, what about it? To the future, Garrett Bagalari, Fromrick, Susie, and Marco. Um, if you would like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com forward slash total space, get early access to episodes, chat with special guests on Discord, and other exclusive content. That's patreon.com forward slash total space. Now, without further ado, let's get this show started. I'm your host, Ryan, and joining me today is. I'm Mikko, the host of Deep Dive Fridays. And I'm Joey Astrorodi, host of STEM Studies segment. Thanks for joining us, guys. So without further ado, let's just kick it off with Starship. Um, it's, uh, just just a quick overview. For those of you out there that may not may or may not know about Starship, um, Elon Musk's SpaceX latest rocket that will be capable of being fully reused, uh, booster at second stage and everything, Starship SN11 just uh, launched again. Another test vehicle yesterday, um, but hopefully it'll be capable of land on the moon, Mars, and a whole lot more. Um, not only that, it can return to Earth, uh, land, fuel up, and launch again, essentially. Um, once operational, it'll be the biggest and most powerful rocket in existence since, uh, obviously, the, uh, the big Saturn rocket and everything like that. Now, um, that's the theory, anyway. Um, now for the reality. <laughs> things didn't go quite to plan yesterday in the thick dense fog um it was a bit of a risky one i think launching in that fog because uh i think almost no one got any footage barring i think i think nasa space flight got a bit of the wreckage falling out the sky after that um flight termination and everything but um near perfect lift off at the start we got saw a bit of a flash in the in the fog and at first i thought oh no it's just done a a quick light up, then it's it's uh, gone out, but then it cuts to the SpaceX feed with the en- engines and everything. Like, oh no, it has actually took off, kind of thing. But um, near perfect liftoff, um, though Elon pointed out that the engine two didn't reach maximum chamber pressure, hinting at um, some early problems during the launch with the second engine there, um, although it looked re- reasonably well on the uh, liftoff. Um, but Perfect flight up to Apogee. Um, flip seemed reasonably well, but I believe at that point all the cameras started cutting out, and uh, that's where the frustration started for everyone. I think because uh, we were in complete, everyone was completely in the dark, wondering what's going on. Barring SpaceX with all that telemetry within reason, but whether the telemetry dropped out. But the theory is at the moment that the FTS or the flight termination system um, basically terminated the flight. And we've seen um, some pictures online um, recently of some of the guys on Twitter that uh, do flyovers and everything. The top top part is still intact, obviously pancaked on the ground, but the bottom half of the rocket completely annihilated, shredded everywhere. So looks like its uh, flight termination system did uh, destroy that one. But uh, what were your guys' thoughts on uh, SN11? Success or disaster? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean... Watching the video, it looked like some of the plumbing on one of the Raptors was getting a little bit hot. There was a little bit of flame inside the engine skirt in in some places. 
I don't think we've really noticed it before. Um, it was really, it was really interesting to see a shot from inside one of the uh, fuel tanks, and um, you know, so that was kind of cool. And and yeah, uh, RGV did a, a video today that came out, and you know, there, there's like you know the top few ring sections and and the nose cone in a pile, and then just con starship confetti everywhere all over the landing site. So. Yeah. I I, yeah. I think it uh, it's a correct assessment to say uh, flight termination system would make sense. I don't know if uh, SpaceX or Elon have confirmed that or whatnot, but it definitely looks that way. Yeah, no confirmation yet, and it really seemed like there was only one engine that lit up in the landing burn, and maybe because there was just the one engine, and maybe they. Maybe the Starship saw it's going to a wrong place, so the flight termination may have terminated the flight. I mean, the debris is in so so wide field. I do think it was flight termination system, unless unless it blew up right there in the air with some engine problem or something like that. But yeah. uh, anyway. We didn't see anything about the flight from the ground, but still, it was great to see some testing happening. And as Elon said, SN15 is pretty close to going to the pad already. And SN20 is the next big step in, um, you know. I think SN20 will have the, uh, like the full heat shield on, because we've seen a lot of that being applied lately, haven't we? Like yeah, on the, I think that, was, on that will be the orbital one. Yeah, but um, there's still loads, loads of development going on in the mid-bay and the high-bay, and like you said, Miko, the SN15 um, getting put together. I think earlier on today, the lower flaps were getting fitted and everything, and it's been moved out the mid-bay for the nose stacking and everything. So SN15's not too far away, but we might see a delay of a week or two, because the Huge scale of the debris everywhere. Because whereas we previously previously seen Starship essentially just smash down on the landing pad and everything, and this one with the flight termination system potentially or something else, the all the debris gone essentially into the fields and everything. Uh, if you look at some of the pictures over on Twitter and elsewhere, you'd see bird's eye views of large chunks of the the uh, the steel just landing on some of the equipment on the ground. It's even nearly took out some of the guys' cameras that are out there on tripods. Everyday astronauts' camera nearly got took out. I think a large piece landed right next to the container where La Padre's camera is also. So he got uh, had a close shave with uh, losing his camera, which is his most expensive 4K camera, I think, which is quite a number of thousands of pounds. So luckily that didn't get wiped out by that. But Yeah, I, I heard there was actually four... $1,500 cameras and then a, a more expensive 6K camera. Yeah, but it's all part of the risk, isn't it? It's just, an, yeah. in a way, all part of the fun. But um, hopefully we'll get everything ironed out. And with SN15, there's supposedly, within reason, 100 or more upgrades, Elon's saying. So although the design's not essentially changing on the out, outside, the internal workings of it are drastically changing. Hopefully major improvements to iron out all the niggly things that we're, we're seeing or we're not seeing, essentially, with that. Yeah, hardware and software. Yeah, definitely. And we've also seen the BN1 booster pretty much fully stacked now and everything, um, barring maybe one or two 
additional items to go on there but Elon said that's just the Pathfinder booster it's not going to be used necessarily for anything maybe just purely just to work out how it all gets together how the plumbing works and the electronics are going to work essentially whether they fuel it up from the bottom a bit like the Starship I imagine they're probably going to do that to minimize any fixings on the actual body of the booster um, but I would have liked to see them to do something with the BN1 booster maybe just some basic pressure tests within reason I know they've done a lot with Starship already but I think it'd be great to just use that BN1 booster for something at least rather than just scrapping it I know it's probably not not worth doing many tests but why not you're going to rip it to shreds anyway kind of thing but uh, uh, absolutely yeah. yeah and why not cut some pieces and sell in the SpaceX store there would be quite a lot of SpaceX fan buying those. It'd be sold out turn, instantly, though. Turn, yeah. turn it into like a, a hotel or a house that people could rent out in the village there. <laughs> yeah. And we've also seen construction going on because we've obviously seen the uh, the architecture plans for the expansion of the Boca Chica launch site, new launch stands and test stands and a new tank farm and everything. But um, they're starting construction on the actual service tower for the booster next to the orbital test stands and everything so we'll very soon see the ginormous 100 foot tower 100 foot a bit higher than that 100 meter high tower more like yeah. just a little 100 foot one next to it wouldn't make any sense that would it get me measurements wrong there but the 100 meter tower getting constructed there they're doing all the groundworks for that so we'll see a lot of uh construction going on for all that and everything yeah and, oh, is it? yeah but um, and Elon also stated the BN one booster that he's aiming to get that one done by end of April, which is essentially next month. So it gives you a sense of how quick the planet do the BN one booster. And he said that one's going to potentially be orbital, which he stated uh, June or July for that. So which is maybe doable, but whether the there's problems with the Raptor engines themselves or something else, we'll have to see. See before all that goes on but it'd be really interesting to see the boosters maybe have a bit more of an easier time so they don't have to do that flip maneuver but then again they still have to do that relight which they seem to be having a lot of trouble with lately but hopefully they can we'll see a, a silly 70 meter high booster land which is essentially the height of a falcon 9 rocket it's just absolutely insane but the Falcon 9's only a third of the width, so it's be like a, essentially a giant chimney taken off in the air and then landing, or a giant water tower, if you like. So that'd be absolutely, <laughs> in, absolutely yeah. insane, to, insane to see. But only two Raptors on that first one, I think. But um, more on SpaceX, we've heard a little bit of uh, news on the Inspiration4. This is uh, one of the um, civilian astronaut flights or private privately funded flights um, just to essentially do by the sounds of it just do a few orbits around it go up in, into uh, orbit a few orbits around earth and but the in the dragon module and everything but the only difference for this is the where the adapter would be to connect to the international space station or any anything else they're going to put a glass dome on the top and everything and um, that will be on the screen there for you guys to uh, see and everything but a bit of an unusual unusual one um, to spend a lot of money just to do a few orbits around Earth and everything, um, just on a, on a Dragon module. But uh, if you got the money, why not? Uh, what, do, what do you guys make of that? I mean, I would definitely go 
if I had some extra money or someone would pay it. And I think I remember the numbers from yesterday. Uh, it will be around three day trip and Apogee or the highest point in orbit will be around 540 kilometers. So it will yeah. be a bit higher than ISS. So basically it will be the highest where humans have gone since the Hubble repair mission. Yeah, and it's set to launch late this year with uh, that bill it's the billionaire Jared Isaacman um, who charted the flight with SpaceX um, commanding the crew um, will include a unique dome window and everything allowing the crew to see essentially see 360 degrees with the earth and surroundings and everything. It's, to do that it's just an uh, unbelievable opportunity and if you've got that money it's just why not kind of thing. Um, but um, Isaacman emphasized that he wants to make the mission inclusive as possible um, with the dome and it part, part of that vision on the front of the uh, Dragon module. Um, other inspiration for crew members include Chris Sembroski, uh, Sean Proctor, uh, Dr. Sean Proctor anyway, um, who won their seats as part of these separate contests and everything for that. Um, and also announced along along with Haley. Oh, God, trying to say that name, Miko. Arsenal. Uh, there we go. <laughs> I, I, maybe. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, Haley. Anyway, I'll, I'll just say Haley. We'll go with Haley. Um, they were selected earlier as an ambassador for the St. Jude's Children Research Hospital. So quite a, a different launch. Um, not necessarily astronauts, thoroughbreds sort of, sort of going up there and everything, but um, absolutely fantastic and just gives you a hint of uh, more potential more opportunities for space tourism because we've obviously seen the likes of uh, Virgin Galactic's new uh, vehicle. Um, that's got Spaceship 3, but um, just to give you an idea of what that brand new Spaceship 3 looks like, take a look at Spaceship 2. Essentially the same design, but probably about 2% bigger and a bit more shiny, essentially. Um, I watched a live video of that yesterday, um, but... Um, a little bit underwhelmed with it, but um, it is what it is. It looks like an improved design uh, around the uh, where the engine is in the center and everything, but maybe made out of uh, steel, essentially a bit, a little bit like Starship and everything. But um, we're going to see an awful lot more of these privately funded vehicles and space tourism vehicles from the likes of Blue Origin, Virgin Galactic, and everything. Really, it's just absolutely fantastic, and um, hopefully we get uh, another space not to Mars uh, is life end goal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's really nice to see the the cadence of the tourism missions picking up, and and the price uh, seems to be slowly trickling down and and whatnot. So it's it's an exciting thing, you know. It's it's not going to take much longer before we're, you're going to see crazy people uh, selling their houses and and uh, going for a little uh, rocket ride. Which out out of all of them, which one would you prefer to go on? I like the Blue Origin, Virgin Galactic, Dragon Module, if it was even possible, or anything else. You know, I, I'd if I had my choice of all the ones available now, I'd probably pick Orion because I like to stretch out. You know, <laughs> bigger, bigger module. <laughs> yeah, size matters. <laughs> yeah, I would go with SpaceX. Yeah, Starship or not yet. <laughs> but I, I did apply for the dear moon, so I would have ported Starship too. 
hopefully it's uh, not SN11. <laughs> Well, you can build your own. Just uh, go down there, pick up a few pieces, put it off. Bit of, <laughs> yeah. Bit of glue. Get some, get some duct tape and some glue. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably have to say Virgin Galactic's um, essentially a space plane uh, or Blue Origin. Um, essentially, although Blue Origins doesn't quite, I think it takes you up to the Carmen line or just above it. Um, so I think they've, they've, yeah, just a little bit. I think it's, I think it's been flight proven a lot uh i'd like to see a lot more from the new shepherd and the that module because i think they could do an awful lot more of it and it's been reused god knows how many times now and i think they could essentially start flight tourism within the within the year barring all the safety checks and sign-offs from the faa and, and everyone else so but all oh, this is going to take off within the space of two or three years easily i think but um, yeah. I think I'll probably go with Virgin Galactic as my final answer on that one. <laughs> and um, also announced just uh, a week or, week or so ago, we've got uh, a new administrator for NASA with the executive of uh, Jim Berderstein. Uh, change of president, NASA's new administrator has finally been named. Um, acting NASA administrator, Steve Jurczyk. Jurczyk. Yeah, look, I have you here, Mako, correcting me. We just go with Steve at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he, he released the following statement after t- after the uh, nomination by Joe Biden. Um, uh, Bill Nelson, um, previous senator and everything, um, served as the fourteenth NASA administrator. Um, he went on to say, "I'm pleased that President Biden has nominated former U.S. Senator Bill Nelson to lead our agency. Uh, Bill has proven to be." Human uh, history of supporting our network here at NASA has helped advance America's position in human exploration, science, aeronautics, and technology. Um, Nelson represented Florida in the Senate from 2001 to 2019, where he served as ranking member of the Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee. Um, previously, represented Florida's 9th and 11th congressional. Dic- Congressional districts in the U.S. House Representatives. Bit of a mouthful there. Um, while chair at the House Space Committee, uh, Bill Nelson flew aboard the space shuttle. Funny enough, uh, Space Shuttle Columbia, um, as payload specialist on the STS-61C mission in 1986. Um, he was appointed to the NASA Advisory Council by former Administrator, funny enough, Jim Berderstein in May 2019. Um, funny enough, in 1986, when Bill Nelson flew aboard the Columbia, it was the shuttle mission, quite interestingly enough, just before the Challenge disaster. So it was quite an interesting fact for you there. Um, so obviously, a lot, a lot, a lot gone on around the space shuttle program and everything. As brilliant as it was, it did come with its negative sides. It wasn't, it wasn't a perfect vehicle. But as as amazing and inspiring as it was, um, personally, I think Bill Nelson, um, he'll be a great fit for the role at, at NASA. Um, he'll do a great job in continuing to push the Artemis program, Gateway, the SLS rocket, and everything associated with the lunar mission and beyond, really. Um, and the previous experience on the SDS shuttle mission has got to be a bonus at the end of the day. What, what are your guys' thoughts on all that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um... You know, when they first announced that, I was reading somewhere, uh, and I, I they may have just gotten it wrong or something, but I thought it was the mission right after uh, Challenger. Uh, but if it was right before, that's a close call, you know. 
Yeah, I think the STX sixty one. Um, it's a weird number, and it was. I think it was. Um, forget, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think it was um, early January, and then the Challenger was back end of January. So it was literally two or three weeks changeover, um, essentially, um, something like that. And it was literally could have been on the next one, and it could have been a completely different story. Us sitting here and someone else being that administrator, but incredible that he's got that. Um, experience and background and he's he's been physically being up there and and everything and he's been heavily involved in the the sls um program probably right from the start when he's been senate and everything like that so he'll hopefully get that over the line and pushed on um because we've seen lots of delays around the sls program and obviously uh we just recently have the hot fire test on that and everything um what are your thoughts on the new administration well, it's interesting to see how the Moon program will go. I I don't think it's going to happen in 2024. I think there will be a delay of two to four years. And when Bridenstine always talked, he always said that he's the first NASA administrator who wasn't alive with the Apollo Moon missions. So I think Nelson is now again someone who was alive when we landed on the moon so but i i hope he has just as strong drive as bridenstein had yeah yeah definitely like i say he's, he'll bring all that experience on board and um hopefully they'll get the sls uh pushed on and the lunar lunar gateway and everything um obviously spacex and uh blue origin and lockheed martin and every literally every space company essentially involved with that the european space agency is involved uh jaxa is involved i think roscosmos is involved in, in some capacity and everything but it's a it's an international effort to get this done and an international effort to set various uh lunar bases up eventually once we've been there we're going to start sending get the lunar gateway set up and then build on that so obviously this time the quote we're going to the moon to stay this time <laughs> And everything but um it'd be great because uh we'll have the lunar missions and they're going to use it as essentially as an outpost eventually in five ten years time however long that may may be and everything once all that's set up on the moon build on that and then go to mars and the, the idea is once the gateway is set up and everything's up there the lunar bases and everything rather than and then go to mars rather than dredging everything but all the way back to earth they can just drop it off the gateway and then the the landing modules you just come straight back to earth safely without the samples and everything and all the science can just be done on the gateway a little bit like we see on the international space station all the science can just be done there up there on the gateway in the laboratories in a safe environment and they don't have to worry about it bring it bring it all the way back to earth within reason unless they really have to and um like we just mentioned there with the sls rocket and everything we did see the hot fire test um take part on the 18th of uh, March, just a week or so ago, a good uh, full-length test on this one this time, a good uh, eight minutes rather than two, so not not uh, underwhelming this time, full fully full duration. But there was a bit of a a little bit of a fire fire going on behind behind one of the engines and everything like that. But uh, NASA and Boeing and everyone pointing to it was a full 
full, a good test and a uh, good full burn and everything on that uh, historic B2 test stand and everything. Um, the hot fire got underway at around it was 4.40 p.m. local Eastern time and everything with the four RS25 engines all ignited fully and produced the 1.6 million pounds of thrust. Absolutely incredible the amount of power that thing's got. And just coupled with those two side boosters, it's just going to be absolutely immense. I mean, we haven't seen a launch like that since obviously the last sh shuttle uh, launch year many years ago. So all the guys that are down down there over in America are just going to be absolutely sick to death and jealous of you guys watching that t the SLS rocket take off when it does, whether it be next year or the year after. But it doesn't look too far off because um, I believe they're just doing some final tests and uh, shipping the booster off to be coupled with all the uh the other in stages and everything i think yeah they really they really pushed that thing when on the test stand you know you you watch the engines gimbal around and you know they were pushing them every which way doing things that will never happen on a real launch uh so mm -hmm. that they could just know exactly what the limits of the the vehicle are so it was, i'm glad they got a full test out of it that's that's really uh it's really kind of important uh when you're launching something that big and heavy you know yeah i yeah. think the quir the quirky thing was when you saw the engines just like quizzle around and everything yeah, like yeah. that <laughs> not just knock my yeah. mic <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got to test the uh, thrust vector control systems and the small fire we saw i think the boeing or nasa representatives did say few days after that the temperature around the engines never uh, went up uh, never went over around 100 degrees celsius so yeah. everything was safe and i think it's some kind of wood that was burning yeah yeah because they've got all sorts behind there different materials and everything and it only takes a little bit of excess gas to just ignite We've seen it on Starship and various other things. It only takes a little bit of excess gas to create a bit of fire and everything. So good test for NASA's SLS rocket and uh, finally seen it move on for the, oh, fingers crossed, the first successful launch. Um, but just to put it into perspective, that, that rocket it used, consumed in excess of 700,000 gall gallons of liquid oxygen and liquid hydrogen propellant. Uh, just to put it in perspective, I just... I just can't. That's just a monumental amount of uh, liquid and propellant. And um, but we've got to remember this is a essentially what a billion billion dollar rocket uh, per launch. So I suppose that's seven hundred thousand gallons of uh, liquid takes up uh, a little pinch of that cost. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, overall, it looked like a very good successful yep. successful test, and um, hopefully we can uh, just crack on with that. Obviously, we've got various other missions going to the moon later in the year we've obviously got uh ula's vulcan rockets hopefully launching as uh sorry bruno said mentioned hopefully november december uh launching yeah. and he did post a tweet and a picture about the vulcan rocket on the pad yeah yeah um the uh pathfinder is up there on the test stand going through its paces yeah. and everything obviously they've got the uh the B4 engines there, test, testing all those out on the Pathfinder and everything else. But again, another monumental amount of rockets. It's it's essentially like the the year of the giant rockets, the year of the giants, if you like. Um, but just it's just kind of just hard to grasp because there's a lot going on. You've got uh, Blue Origins rockets, although we see very little of the new Glenn rocket. 
Uh, again, it's going to be a monumental rocket to just witness and see that one land, whether whether it will or not in the first flight, I don't know. But uh, it's going to be absolutely incredible in the years years and months to come. The Starship, uh, ULA, reusing part of their rocket and just all sorts, really. been absolutely incredible. But um, And obviously, um, Rocket Lab coming up, coming onto the park and doing their own reusable rocket, which is considerably larger as well. But uh, yeah, everything's, everything's getting yeah. supersized. Yeah, supersized. <laughs> what, what, which one are you looking forward to most in whether it's this year or next year? Vulcan, Rocket Lab's new rocket, Starship. Like if you had to put them in order, which what's your favorite? I I'm really looking forward to Neutron. Uh, I'm also looking to s- forward to uh, some of these other newer uh, providers that are getting ready to to start their um, you know their test cadence and and uh, get going in the industry. It's really gonna. We live in a very interesting time when it comes to uh, rocketry. There's so much going on all over the place. Um, you know, it, there's so much going on that I don't even know about. There's no way I could even make a list. But I mean, of course, I'm excited for Starship because that thing's just a behemoth, you know. And uh, you know, the um, New Glenn is just a beautiful looking rocket, you know. I I I hope that uh, gets moving a little bit faster. And you know, SLS is big, and and uh, yeah, there's yeah. some there's some smaller ones coming too down the pipe. And it's it's uh, you know I. I Rocket Lab really pointed out, hey, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to go the biggest, the baddest, the best. Um, we can do like uh, surgical launches. You know, you just need this tiny little thing to get there. All right, well, let's let's do it. You know, and yeah, so their electron rocket, they're going to be launching bits to the moon and bits to Venus with that little rocket. But then they got obviously yeah. Neutron coming on to do the even bigger stuff like the Constellation. And stuff and everything. It's just going to be absolutely amazing. Um, I'm quite excited about a lot of the smaller rockets and everything. Um, the likes of the stuff in the here in the UK, Skyrara, Orbex, and everything, and and even the European Space Agency. They've got um, some things in the pipeline with uh, they've got the, the Vega rocket and everything, but they've also got their Themis rocket. Uh, I believe it's called. It's their reusable system. They're currently putting through the paces. They've been a bit quiet about it, but the European Space Agency are doing a, a Falcon Nine style reusable rocket. And again, it's it is going to be the Metalox style of the. Uh, whereas Falcon Nine's using um, RP One and Lox, it's going to be a Metalox style rocket. So it'll be quite interesting to see, but. The only difference with the European and Space Agencies is going to be 2025 or 2030. So a little bit down the line for them, but they're getting there. Everyone's slowly getting there. It's fantastic to see. And um, we're going to be speaking to a few guys in the coming weeks or so um, from the actual space industry. So if any, any of you guys out there want to speak or ask any questions to to the space industry experts that we're going to be bringing on the show and uh, ping your questions over to us on Twitter or here on Discord if you're a Patreon member. And uh, like we said at the beginning of the show, if you are on Patreon and everything, you can literally come on here on Discord and ask the space industry experts your questions to them here on the Discord via Patreon and everything. So make sure you sign up for that and everything. But even on Twitter, just ask your questions and we'll put them to 
to it, but uh, we can't reveal who it is yet or anything like that, but coming soon. <laughs> but um, is there any other questions up there on uh, YouTube or anything, Miko, before we wrap it all up? I don't see any questions, but there's been something happening on Mars. Uh, there, for example, there was Hope Rope, the got another picture from there. We probably don't have it in B-roll, but then... A little uh, helicopter runs. <laughs> Yeah, we may see a flight soon. Yeah, I've got to see the little Ingenuity helicopter um, finally being released for the underneath uh, Perseverance. Thank you for reminding me, Miko. <laughs> Nearly forgot about that one. Um, but the little Ingenuity helicopter underneath perseverance has finally been detached the uh the little legs everything deployed it's literally a few inches away from the uh, mars soil and everything so in the coming day or so we'll see it released from perseverance uh perseverance will probably just back up get the cameras ready and everything and just hopefully roll hopefully there's no not too much wind going on on mars at the moment and everything and then we'll see the fingers crossed the flight for with the ingenuity helicopter but um, interestingly enough, um, with the lack of atmosphere and gravity and everything on there, um, the blades on that helicopter have got to spin two or three times faster than it would on Earth because essentially the atmosphere is not as dense as it is on Mars, so those blades have got less to cup or grab onto, so it's just got to work three times harder to even get off the, uh, the Martian ground, although the lack of gravity um, is an additional plus, but as a negative, you've got the lack of atmosphere to get get the aerodynamics essentially off the ground. But so it'll be an interesting one. It's only a demo flight, so it's only going to last a minute or so if they're lucky. Um, and it does have a tiny solar powered uh, solar power thing on top there, so it might be able to recharge. But uh, barring if it lands okay, so it might be able to use it once or twice. And it is a demo one, so if that's successful. We could potentially see other helicopters style rovers on the Mars or on Mars or even large drones essentially or planes of sorts. Who knows? It'd be absolutely insane to see. So rather than uh, little perseverance rovers trundling along on the on the surface getting ripped to shreds by sharp rocks and everything, we could just have a, a quadcopter or something like that just blitzing all over the place. We'll go to the South Pole, we'll go to the North Pole, we'll go over here, we'll go over there. We'll, pick up that rock and smash it off the floor, see what's inside it and stuff like that. So just opportunities will be endless once we gain um, aerial flight, essentially control controllable aerial flight on Mars, which would be, I think, insane to see, to be honest. And also, quite interestingly, hidden on that little Ingenuity rover, there's a little piece of the Wright Brothers uh, plane on there, a little piece of fabric from that. So just a little nod to the first ever flight of a, a plane essentially on the on the, on on earth is just tucked away in the ingenuity helicopter just a little nod to them uh once that takes flight on mars so i think it's a a nice little touch lots of nu little nuggets of uh, an easter eggs hidden away on perseverance and ingenuity i think which is a really nice uh, touch yeah the space industry really loves those easter eggs i i didn't know about the uh the piece of cloth that's that's pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah, yeah yeah absolutely incredible but um can't wait to see that that fly um and everything else um but like i said um with that up, the upcoming interviews and everything like that send us your questions whether it's for 
our show or whether it's for our deep dive and everything or whether it's for joy for his new show do you want to uh, tell everyone what you got planned joy i uh, yeah I, i'm my intro uh video is just about done editing hopefully get that out in the next day or so uh and then i've i've got a video on uh perchlorates that uh Hopefully, we'll be filming within a week here, and uh, and then I've got some some other things coming down the pipe. You know, just doing a ton of research. I want to make sure I get uh, get my facts close enough. You know, I I don't want to be telling anybody the earth is flat. Uh, so I uh, got to do a little bit of research and and things. So I'm real excited about it. It's it's been a lot of fun. You know, the whole the team here has been real real supportive and uh, encouraging and. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. So, uh, you know, use the buttons below if uh, if you want to see when that comes out. So. <laughs> yeah, can't wait for that video to come out. And uh, you've just had a video come out, Miko, haven't you, on uh, Buran? Yeah, uh, it was with Edel, uh, Static Fire Gal. We did uh, about a seven-minute video about Buran and what it could have been. So go check that out on our channel. Yeah, and also on Becoming Multiplanetary, you've got a Rover series going on at the moment, um, covering everything from the first wheeled rover on Mars, from uh, Perseverance, Curiosity, the uh, Ingenuity rovers, is it, I believe, and everything else. The Spirit Opportunity, and the last one was Sojourner. Yeah, yeah. And but, uh, Becoming Multiplanetary will be doing a collaboration with Sebastian and Chisuan from To the Future next. Yeah, so multi-part series. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Uh, a little bit of a different take on that one with To the Future, but uh, it's going to be absolutely fantastic once we get that. So lots to That'll come. That'll be fun. Yeah, new shows, new interviews, new uh, collaborations, and all sorts going on. So it's going to be uh, a good, good few weeks, a few months ahead. So lots to come. So stay tuned. It's uh, here at uh, Total Space Network. Thanks for joining us this week's episode, guys. I've been Ryan at the Space Update. I've been Nico, the host of Deep Dive Fridays. And I'm Astro Rodi, host of STEM Study Segment. And since you're here, Joey, where can people find you? At uh, uh, Astro Rodi on Twitter. Probably be the easiest way to get a hold of me. Or if you want to become a Patreon member, you can uh, chat with me in our Discord. Yeah, definitely. Um, and always, as always, you can listen to the show on the road over on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And um, you can also listen to the podcast over on the totalspace.net. Uh, that's our website. And up on there, there's links to merch, watch the shows up on there and everything. Um, get some uh, Miko fan club merch, um, Total Space Network merch, and uh, everything up there. And uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at totalspacenet. Um, and as always, right here on YouTube, like, subscribe, and uh, hit that bell button for all the latest notifications. And there's a perfect example of some fantastic merch right there. <laughs> Miko's uh, Deep Dive Miko Fan Club shirt there. So head over to the website if you want one of those. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. joining us, guys. And thank you, Miko and uh, Joey, for joining me today and everything. And as always, I've been Ryan for the Space Update. Catch you next week for all the latest space news. Have a great night, everyone. Bye-bye.